Welcome back to the Archives Podcast, and Happy New Year! I'm honored to present my next guest to you. She was saved as a young teenager along with her mom and all her siblings. Her mom, she used to tell them that she would pray for them to become missionaries, and years later, she did. Born in Guam, raised in San Antonio, Texas, and eventually a missionary's wife in China for six years, I'd like to introduce to you Jeannie Gonzalez. Thank you, Jeannie, for joining me today on this podcast. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate you taking the time. So I want to ask you uh, where you were born. I was born in Guam. It's an island, small island. How was your lifestyle living in Guam? Um, I was pretty much raised by, I just remember my grandmother. um, They lived in a small home on a piece of land. And I remember pigs, roasting pigs. <laughs> My uncle's climbing coconut trees. Did your grandmother raise you? Uh, I remember her most of my childhood. My memories are I remember her. I don't remember my mom, which is kind of crazy. How did your family end up living in Guam? Um, my, my mom's family, her father uh took the family to Guam they fled Palau because of the war uh the Japanese had taken over Palau and for freedom they left Palau to to uh US territory which is Guam so at a young age uh how did you see your parents marriage uh i actually don't remember it I remember my grandmother a lot. Um, I just remember at a young age, uh, we left Guam. Uh, There's a tradition in Guam where the oldest one is left with the grandparents. And my mom and my stepdad didn't agree with it. So when they left, I went with them. Um, Are you the oldest? I am the oldest. Um, My mom did have an abortion. So, uh, I was the next one born and thank God I didn't get aborted. Yes. Yes, Thank God. (laughs) So because of this tradition, you would have been the one to be left behind in Guam, correct? Yes. Um, I don't know why they have that tradition. I just know that, um, it's a pretty strong tradition and they do that in case somebody can't have a child and then they swap the children out interesting traditions and so you and your family um they decide to move to the u.s but this is you your siblings your mother and your stepdad how did that happen how did you end up with a stepdad um my mom uh, was married to my dad, who was in the military. He wasn't there much. Uh, and then she met my stepdad, who was also in the military. He was in the Navy. And uh, my mom eventually left my dad. Um, I think that's why I was really raised a lot with my grandmother. I just remember her when I was little. So um, when they made the choice to leave Guam, I didn't leave with my father. I left with my stepdad. 
Wow, that is an interesting twist. And so you guys end up moving to California. Yeah, he was stationed there. And then um, me and my uh, sister Kathleen, we were both born in Guam. Then my brother was born in Long Beach, California. And then my youngest sister was born in San Antonio, Texas. So you eventually do move to San Antonio. And what was the reason for moving there? Uh, my stepdad was, his family was there and he was raised there. How was your relationship with your stepdad? I know it is a little strange that you were born in Guam and are with one dad and then you leave Guam with another dad. How was that uh, as a child and growing up? As a child, when I was that little, I really didn't, I just, I didn't know. Um, I grew up really knowing my stepfather, um, but he wasn't, he was my stepfather. I didn't take his name. So I always knew I had, um, a different father. And did that leave a longing for relationship with your biological dad? It did. Um, I was, as I was growing up, I... I eventually, when I became, started, you know, maybe 11, 12, I realized this isn't my real dad. Um, my last name was different. <clears throat> I was treated differently, too, um, because I wasn't one of his biological kids. How many other biological kids did your, stepda- your stepdad have? Uh, my sister, um, my brother, and my other sister, so three and you always felt different from them? Um, being raised, I didn't really notice it until I became, till I got older, around teenage years. Mm-hmm. And then I started, you know, resenting it because I wasn't ever told. Um, if I asked, I was, I was told not to ask. So it, it left a lot of resentment and hatred for... I guess because I realized, why aren't they telling me the truth? Um, and it wasn't until later that the truth did come out. Yeah. And so you moved from California to San Antonio, and you're now a teenager. And how how were your teenage years? Actually, they were, you know, our my stepdad uh, raised us well. He We were raised Catholic. Um, so we always had to go to CCD class, you know, basic religion. We had to, to do the classes and to take the bread and light the candles and all that. So we were raised like a regular, just a regular family, um, grew up in a nice neighborhood. We had a good, you know, had a good upbringing. He, he was a good dad. He was a good, you know, um, He taught us morals. He taught us to work hard. So you're living in San Antonio. And so what did your day-to-day life look like at this point? Well, we were um, like the typical family um, in a new suburb. We grew up in a new suburb, Um, two cars, a boat. Um, family vacations 
um, sports after school. It was pretty. It was pretty much your typical ideal American family, I guess you could say. Um, but at home, as I got older, there's just that void that you know, um, who's my father? Who's my real father? Or, um, you know, things start coming to your head when you're a teenager. Like, what's the purpose of life? And how was your relationship with your parents? When I became a teenager, it, it, it was not good. Um, I had, you know, you, you're a teenager and you make friends. Um, but I started growing up like a hatred or a, I was, I was starting to hate the fact that they withheld the information that I had a, I, I had a different dad. And they would not tell me like who, who, you know, much about him. So it really didn't matter how perfect, quote unquote, your family was because you always had that kind of in the back of your mind of, okay, what's the truth here? You know, so I could see that there could be a lot of confusion. Don't you agree that there was confusion in your life? It was it was confusing, um, and then when you don't know how to process that as a teenager, I just started um, resenting them a lot, um, my mom. But um, I started to really resent my stepdad, despite the fact that you mentioned that he was a good father to you. Yes. Um, and it's because I, I realized as I got older that he's not my dad. Yeah. And so that authority kind of, uh, my, my respect for his authority clashed because he wasn't my dad. Tell me about that visit that you got from your grandmother and your uncle from Guam. Well, um... We were, I was a teenager and um, my, my uncle um, came with my grandmother because she needed hip surgery. So they scheduled a doctor in San Antonio and they stayed with us a few months. During that time um, is when my uncle Don, he uh, witnessed to all of us, uh, my mom, my brothers and my sister, my sisters. Um, and that's when we first heard the gospel like, it was he we were we were Catholic but we never heard the gospel like he said it um, that Jesus was real that heaven and hell are real and then he asked us a question if we knew if we died if we would make heaven our home and we never heard that in Catholic Church so it freaked us out when he asked us that did um, your mom get upset that he was sharing this news with you no she she actually she we just I I, it's crazy to how how it worked out we just knew when he said it it was true in our hearts I remember crying because I knew I knew I lied to my parents I knew I would play around sneak out meet my friends you know you know the things you do wrong so when he when he said those things, I knew I wasn't going to make heaven my home. There was that immediate conviction. 
Yes. And we all felt it when he asked us like that. Did you end up saying the sinner's prayer? I did. I prayed with my, um, my uncle at the time. Um, I accepted Jesus, but he left a few months later and we really didn't know what to do because we were, we were raised Catholic. So who ended up getting saved? Just you? Actually, it was my mom, me, um, my sister, and my both my sisters and my brother. This is incredible. You get a visit from your uncle who has recently given his, his life to Jesus. And basically, your whole immediate family gets saved because of this visit. And... I mean, it's crazy to me how God works in these mysterious ways of your grandma needing hip surgery and you, your family finding a doctor in San Antonio and your uncle coming and witnessing to you guys and then you guys get saved. So after your uncle and your grandmother leave, uh, did you guys start looking for a church or how did you guys want to continue your newfound uh, relationship with Jesus. That one was rough because we didn't know. Uh, so when he left, we we were raised Catholic, so we just knew we weren't going back to Catholic church. So my mom would, you know, talk to somebody at work. That person would invite us to their church. So on Sunday, we'd go with my mom to her friend's church. <laughs> it was crazy. There are some churches where. It was just really weird. Um, they would speak in tongues. People would fall down. People would start crawling. It was just really weird. And we got very confused because some of the churches, um, you know, the teenagers are fornicating. Um, they're all still, you know, just they're not saved. I didn't know that. I'm at thinking, yeah, at the time I'm thinking, wow, I mean. My life's pretty nice compared to, compared to some of these kids going to church. I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So how did you end up finding the door? Um, the next year, my aunt, um, she came to visit. It was a follow-up check to my grandma for my grandma. So she came with my grandma the next summer. And um, she got radically saved in um, our fellowship church in Guam. And when she came, she was like, we've got to go. We've got to go to the door of the potter's house. And I was a little upset because we were going to this this Christian church where they dance around and they have, uh, you know, they're really, there wasn't really any accountability to your lifestyle. And I was kind of liking that, that church. So when my aunt came, she invites us to a fellowship church and, um, we walk in there's nobody there it's like a little storefront church <laughs> and there's a, a lady in the restroom and she comes out she greets us we passed up a guy in the parking lot who was picking up trash um and they're like no no stay stay church is gonna start <laughs> and we're like what is this so, so this was... <laughs> this church was very different from what you guys were used to up until this point. Yeah, it was very different. Um, it was small. 
it was a storefront building and it was just the pastor and his wife and their little baby and we were the first family to walk in and I think they had only opened the church was open maybe maybe six months so yeah it was it was really interesting my my aunt was so happy she's like oh a pioneer church and we're like what is this (laughs) and then he preached that's what was really life-changing about it because he was like he just preached the truth and we left I remember leaving so convicted and upset because I thought my my family was telling him how I was living (laughs) you felt exposed I felt completely (laughs) exposed and I'm like how does this man we've never met him before you know how is he saying all these things and we never heard the gospel like that before Uh, the only other time was when my uncle witnessed to us and told us about heaven and hell you got saved when you were 15 years old and you finally found a church that you could call home and so what what took place um shortly after um because of the preaching it really challenged us to live right to live like christ um and it was just god we needed that we needed we needed help to be christians so it was god's timing when we got to that church um and that's when we were challenged to live right, to live clean. At, at, at that time, when I was going to the other churches, I had, I had um, gone off with the wrong crowd and I had, I had lost my virginity and um, I got two sexually transmitted diseases out of that. And so when we, we, established ourselves in the in the fellowship church when he preached I realized I needed to change my lifestyle and I knew it in my heart I we just didn't know what to do and um until we got there and that's when we started making choices to really serve God wholeheartedly and it wasn't until um like a year later we went to a boot camp my my mom sent us to a boot camp and that's when I really committed my life to Jesus Christ like I really like kind of like a, you know you get saved but then you get converted and it wasn't until that time I was about 17 at boot camp and I really got converted they preached about living clean they preached about making stands uh, at school and I still had my friends at school but then I'd still go to church um, and I really got convicted through the preaching and the fellowship to change and to just to live for God with all of my heart. And I made that choice and I thought it, it's going to get easier, but it actually got harder because the choices I had to make to cut off friends and then the choices I had to make with my, with my family, uh, really my stepfather. Uh, because he would always tell us it's okay you go but you're always Catholic you're you're raised Catholic and you're gonna die a Catholic so when he saw that I was really really serving God um, it got harder for me 
I would get restricted. He wouldn't let us go to, wouldn't let me go to church sometimes. Um, I had turned 18 and graduated. He was um, going to pay for college. So I was starting to go. But he didn't want me to go to church anymore. And he was really pressuring me to stop going. He even gave me tickets to to go to parties. (laughs) Um, He was trying to pull me away from it. And I knew in my heart I wasn't going to live for God unless I made a real stand with him. And it came out one day because I was thinking of moving out. My pastor was encouraging me for a year to move out. I just was so afraid not I wasn't going to make it. And I had started tithing and my step stepdad found out. And it was like a huge argument. It was so bad that he stormed out of the house. He, uh, he told me um when I come back, you your stuff better be gone. Um don't ever come back. If, if you believe that church and you believe what they're saying, then let them take care of you. So at the age of 19, um, I was pretty much kicked out. Um, I was already thinking of leaving, but not like that. <laughs> so I had to uh, move in with a, a friend in uh, Pastor Ruby's church. I was the oldest convert in my church. So my my brother and sisters were watching me make that stand. And the hardest, it was hard because dad was everything in the house. What, whatever you needed, dad provided. Um, and we, we always, you know, I always respect him for that. But I knew in my heart, it's either God or him. I was going to trust God or I was going to trust him. And I made a choice that I was going to trust God. So I had, to, I had to get a ride and move out and have my family help me get my stuff in between church. <laughs> so after that, I thought, okay, God, well, I, I know I made the right stand. I just don't want to be homeless. <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's crazy, but God's completely took care of me. And um, I had like the best time of my life because I didn't have to worry about church. I didn't have to worry about any of that. I could I could just serve God. I had to, with that freedom though, I had to learn to discipline my life because I didn't have my parents anymore. And I could do whatever I wanted to do. And the weight of that was on me too. But I knew that I had made a stand. The people in church saw me make the stand. My, um, my siblings, my mom. And I knew in my heart, if I'm going to live for God, I have to do it all the way. And so God completely took care of me during that time. I met my husband in Tucson Conference uh, around that time, around 19, and um, uh, we became friends and eventually dated and then got married, and I was like 21 when we got married, 
so it it really made me grow up I was I didn't realize how dependent I was on my on my dad uh, until I left and had to trust God completely so how was your relationship with your mom after seeing all the things that took place and the stands that you took in your household well it it was it was rough because my um she's married and my you know she has to follow her husband too and serve god so when he wanted her home she stayed home and um she would go to church when you know when she could and so when i made the stand to live for god she knew it was right um but it wasn't something she could do i could do it because i was you know i I was an adult at the time and so my mom would help help me when she could um but she was going through her own struggles and um I just remember I was ours already moved out um we were having a fellowship in between service and we were coming back to the church and um on our way there we stop at an intersection and the person across from us is my stepdad with another woman in the car and so I look and then I honk and I'm like waving because I'm like no that can't be and sure enough it was he was with a totally different woman um um, my mom had no idea um and we had to go to church all of us in the car saw it It was me, my friend Yvonne Aguilar, um, her sister, my sisters. And we knew when I get to church, I'm going to have to tell my mom what we saw. Um, So my mom went through her own struggles. And and that was the first, that was a hard church service. Because she had to deal with that. And I wasn't at the house. And my siblings had to deal with that and I had made my stand but now it was their turn they had to make their stand and how is your relationship with your mom now um it is totally different from when I was a teenager uh Christ just brought us together because we had to make certain stands in our lives um and she's she completely changed when she surrendered everything to God and I always knew my mom to put to put her husband first like he was everything so when she put God first I was like wow she really got saved um and she had a joy and a peace and she now it's like I love my mom so much. She's always encouraged us. She's, I believe what we're doing is because she prayed for us to do what we're doing. She always prayed. I want y'all to be missionaries, to preach the gospel because I can never do that. And it's a privilege and an honor. And, um, while I'm a nurse, I'm going to, I'm going to, help support you guys wherever you are 
And we'd think she's crazy when she would tell us that when we were teenagers. But she would make us go even when it was hard. Um, and it gave me the strength to make the stand I needed to make when I, when it came to it. And then to see her make the stand and to live for God. Now my mom's like everywhere. She's like having a blast, just making friends. Um, I know like Miss Ibarra was one of her close friends in this church. And she would, she would leave us. She would leave us and she'd be with Miss Ibarra. So... <laughs> <laughs> so she just she just grew I mean to a totally different happy person uh peaceful joyful even when it was hard she and the, you know they had she had her own struggles they had pastor changes different things happen and she's always been faithful and she's always wherever we were in the world she's always called us and told us to do the same and it's just been really cool, just our family, how through all that, we we can kind of talk to each other and tell each other, you know what's right. You know, <laughs> we got to stay faithful. It doesn't matter what happens around us. And that's been a really big blessing. And it's a lot because of my mom's faithfulness. Little did, did you know that her, what her prayers uh would would affect in the future because you in fact did become a missionary's wife and um where did it all start um well I met my husband in Tucson um and then we started becoming friends and then eventually dating and then um we got married and when I got married um I already knew he 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 said he's called and he wants to preach the gospel. And um, I think that's why it took a little long because I knew I'd have to follow him the rest of my life. And I'm like, can this guy really preach? You know, what I mean? you know some you people are like, sure. yeah, I'm going to be a preacher. And you're like, you can't even graduate. <laughs> so he was very real. Rod was the first guy in church that I met that was whatever he what you saw is who he really was he wasn't like he wasn't fake and um that's what draw me to him and that we got married I knew that's what he want that's what God's called him to do and so uh sure enough we became door door directors uh pioneered for like a year and a few months in Houston uh then went to uh took over the church in Tampa and then from Tampa um, in Tampa is when um, Nick and Michelle got saved in our church we we were so excited it was such an awesome it was just an awesome experience and we really felt like the church is going to grow and we're going to do different things and then we were asked to take over our mother church so it was it was hard but we we left the church and took over our mother church and then um that was a totally different experience, but it was really good. Um, and then after that, uh, we were asked to to be missionaries in China. Um, my husband felt called to do that, and um, I eventually, I eventually, <laughs> God did speak to me. So I'm like, okay, we'll do this. <laughs> and how long did you guys live in China? 
we left there we lived there uh six years almost um and uh that one was that was that was crazy that was crazy I actually did not think pastor would ever send us there (laughs) (laughs) he said Roderick's black and he has no experience with Chinese people don't even think about it (laughs) (laughs) and then we're on the stage one year and I'm like what happened on your way to China on our way to China yeah so so in those six years uh what was your experience living there um we knew when we when we were gonna go to China we knew that um there are no guarantees what we're doing is illegal it's very volatile um pastor made that clear we understood that we knew that um the risk we're taking is because God told us to and it's on us uh you know you know that responsibility so it was a little it was rough the first few years because I had never um been so far from home and in a completely different world not free uh we'd have to watch our backs i i struggled with fear until i had to you know i just had to overcome it i had to just not worry about who's gonna you know we're doing this illegally how are why are we why are we criminals you know (laughs) So after getting over those mental um, battles, the whole time God just provided. It's so crazy. Like God just provided the first guy that got saved. Pastor Stevens had come and he did a revival and he got saved. And the guy couldn't speak any very good English. And he became our first translator. He, He ended up being the guy that hit us the last six months we were there in his music school and he's still in the church he's married with a baby and they're doing good so it's just a miracle like trying to really open my eyes to see a part of God um I would have never seen because in my mind I you know, you know God's love, but when you when I saw it there, like these people have no idea who he is. And they're believing us and they're coming to church and they know it's illegal. And then to see them like really get converted, then to give, I was just like blown away. Um completely humbled and it was it wasn't easy. Um my daughter struggled a lot the first few years. I, uh, as a mom, that was that was hard to see them. Uh, my daughter, youngest daughter, uh, got so depressed. I I remember getting up and checking on her, and I I noticed she was doing things. She was trying to cut herself. She was trying to hurt herself. Um, Danae would went into like a just like a a depression and um you know I thought that as a Christian parent that those things wouldn't happen 
but it did and and we weren't the only ones that that happened to being missionaries so that you know I really grew in my relationship with God as a mom and that really helped me when I was there Um, because I didn't want to lose my kids and I was like God I'm giving you my life just I don't want him to go to hell so that was like the biggest struggle and I I'm really grateful for um, Pastor Stevens uh, I remember we came back for a, um, a furlough and um, they're crying in the car and they don't want to go back and we had to pick up our visas at his house and he we're talking to them like calm down we're gonna go in there we're gonna get our visas y'all are crying well he walks up to the van so that he sees all of it you know (laughs) so he and you know what there it was just it was so god because he just he talked to them for five minutes. He didn't freak out like, what's wrong with your family? And what what did you do to your children? Why are they crying in the car? He just talked to them. And that point on, they never, uh, they never cried like that again. It was amazing. I, I saw both of them get saved. First Danae and then Deanna. We sent her to a boot camp and she got saved there. And I think that that was, I mean, that's the, that was the toughest. Thinking to myself, God, we're doing your will. And I'm just asking you to save my kids. Wow. It's awesome to hear, uh, you know, the stories that you have just shared and to see your girls today um, both serving God, both in ministry, and they're they're making it. They're making it for God. And so, uh, your sacrifice going to China it doesn't it doesn't go unnoticed. And boy, are we gonna be excited to see all those Chinese that were saved through your ministry? So, I really appreciate you coming today and sharing your story. It's an awesome testimony that God has played out in your life. So I I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate that you would ask.